0: And we're joined in our uh, studio here by a special guest. It's a a local but very noted author, uh, Benjamin uh, Percy. Hey,
1: thanks so much for having me on.
0: (laughs) Thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it. And for taking a little time, I don't know if this is a little break in uh, what you have uh, coming up because... December, January, you're ending the year and starting the year with a lot of things happening all at the same time.
1: Yeah, it just so happens that I've been working on all of these projects continuously for several years, but they're all launching at the same moment in January. (laughs) So this is probably going to be the craziest January
0: of my career. Let's start off by talking about the movie. Uh, You're known as being an author for books. You've written a movie script and original screenplay. Uh, Tell us about it.
1: So, submarine that's the title, uh, was written by me and by James Ponsalt, the director. James is known for movies like The Spectacular Now and The End of the Tour, uh, directing shows like Master of None. We've been friends for a long time, and we collaborated on this project, and it was shot this summer in Utah. And the inspiration actually came from my daughter. I had read... Or The Hobbit. I had shown her movies like Stand By Me and The Goonies and and all these stories that were really impactful to me as a kid. Uh, And she enjoyed them very much, but one of the things that she said as a takeaway was, where are the girls? Um, And these are my own blind spots. I went back to The Hobbit, for instance, and discovered that there was only one female pronoun even in the entire book. Wow. And so... You know, I wrote this screenplay, which is a kind of quest story, and it takes place in the summer between 5th and 6th grade, a uh, time of transition on the way to middle school, and also the last weekend of summer before fall begins, so another time of transition. And it is about these four girls who happen upon a dead body and what happens thereafter.
0: Hmm. So this is, you are known for... um I don't know how to describe it but horror or suspense or or fantasy you you, you have what the 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 genre that you most associate yourself with is, yeah, is what? I mean I,
1: I I write across genres and I write across mediums mm-hmm. um you know I write comics and I write podcasts and I write movies and TV shows now and 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 novels and short stories and everything else but but you know I guess you could say that uh the principal thing that defines all my work is that it is hopefully thrilling mm-hmm. for the audience. Okay. And uh, you know, I'm certainly thrilled uh, for once not just not just, pouring the stuff onto the page, but experiencing it firsthand that we get to go and premiere this movie at the Sundance film festival at the end of January.
0: Now involved, were you involved at all with the the shooting of the movie? Yeah, we took a
1: road trip out. Mm -hmm. My family took a road trip out and we hit Custer state park in Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. And then we shot down to Salt Lake city and spent some time there. And I was able to be on set and it was a surreal experience. Um, in, part because, you know, the magic of the movies is one thing and the reality of seeing one shot is another. You know, it's a very workman-like atmosphere where you might have the director and the actors and we might be going over the script together, but then you have, like, 30 dudes in cargo shorts who are there to figure out how to build a track for the dolly cam or how to create uh, the effect of it being... Night in the middle of a day in this house and for there to be a lightning storm outside uh, with LED screens and black canvas and scaffolding and everything else. Wow.
0: Yeah, the things you have no idea. At least I would have no idea those yeah. things go on. And like then, and then for said. instance,
1: there's a rainstorm, right, in this, mm-hmm. in this one moment. And, and that required, it's bone dry mm-hmm. in Utah, and, and that required 40,000 gallons of water. Uh, we had four shots and ten thousand at a time were uh, of these of these tanks were opened up and flooded this arroyo, this canyon. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and anyways, you know, you, you get four chances to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> the pressures on the uh, camera and the production crew yep. there yep. at that point. Uh, have you seen the movie yet? Have you seen the yeah, finished product? Yeah, I've been you know very involved in the whole process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um,
1: when you know we we wrapped the shoot. Uh, post-production begins, and this is a you know, very strenuous pro- uh, process of editing. And everything, because of COVID, is, you know been accessible online. Uh, so usually the director, maybe the writer, producers would be in a studio together, watching clips and deciding, okay, we want this scene merged more tightly with this scene. Let's cut that transition moment or, and whatever else. Now it's just everybody's on their computers at home. And and you're zooming with one another, or you're on the phone with one another, and 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 giving advice, and and so I was privy to every single cut of the film.
0: Right uh, I, I enough would enough. imagine, as uh, the uh, the author of the book, the who wrote the uh, screenplay, there that would probably be uh, a good thing. But there's the other point is that boy, it takes a little bit of the Hollywood mystique out. <laughs> sure, sure. Well,
1: the, I mean, if you look at uh, a film, what you don't recognize is that. Here is uh, this this one shot of a, maybe a couple arguing or something. Okay, well, when they did that scene, they might have shot it from five different angles, right? Here's a shot that's close to one person's face, and here's a shot that's close to another person's face, and maybe here's a wide shot of a living room, and maybe here's an overhead of that living room. Well, each of those shots was probably done... Uh, You know, maybe six times And if that scene was five minutes uh, And the setup and everything else Let's say that that one scene could have taken Two hours to three hours to shoot Because of all the variant angles And the time it takes to set up each camera shot And so on and so forth So you have hundreds of hours of footage That you then have to clip And merge and find the best takes And everything else
0: Wow, a lot of work, no doubt. Let's talk about uh, the uh, Sundance Film Festival. That is, that's got to be kind of an exciting time. I don't know if you've ever been to a film festival like that, especially as a as uh, you know a, a writer. Uh, is this going to be your first time? This will be my first
1: time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big film festivals are Sundance and Toronto and Cannes, and mm-hmm. and you know to to premiere this at Sundance is it really is a dream come true. And um, you know, I will be there with my wife. Will Hit the red carpet and hit some parties, hopefully, and we're going to, you know, stick around for a few days afterwards and try and cram as many other movies into our eyes as we can.
0: Oh, I bet. That uh, sounds like just a wonderful experience. Uh, Let's talk about life after that. When will the general public get to see this? Do you have any distribution set up yet? Well,
1: one of the cool things about the Sundance Film Festival in this time of COVID is that they have also gone virtual. Uh, so last year it was completely virtual this year. It's hybrid. So you can watch it from home if you want, if you sign up for, through the Sundance website. Uh, but typically after a movie premieres at a festival like Sundance, it's about six months, uh, until it's available to the wider public. So at that point, I'm sure we're going to hit a few other film festivals, but it should be in wide release in theaters, uh, this summer. And, we hope to do you know a few Minnesota events, maybe even maybe even at Cannon Valley ten.
0: <laughs> All right, well, be looking forward to it. You can count me in that attendance. Yeah. Uh, let's move on because you have a lot of things going on. It's not just that uh, you have a new book coming out as well. Tell us about that.
1: I do. Um, so this January fourth, which is next week, hard to believe. Uh, I have a new novel coming out called The Unfamiliar Garden. And this is part of what I call the Comet Cycle series. Um, and this series is not sequels. They're standalone novels. But they're all, let's say, part of the same family. Uh, there's an age-old sci-fi premise, a Comet comes streaking through the solar system. the planet spins through the debris field, and new elements are introduced to the world that upend the laws of physics and geology and biology and create chaos in the geopolitical theater and uh, shake up the weapon sector and the energy sector and The first book, which took place in northern Minnesota, was called the ninth medal uh, the The second book, which again is a standalone novel. You can read it before you read the other one or just read it on its own. Uh, The Unfamiliar Garden. It's about uh, the Pacific Northwest and some alien plant life that has taken hold there. But it's really about a broken family and a broken marriage. And there's kind of a he said, she said perspective to it. You go back and forth uh, to show first the story of this mycologist, this biologist who works for the University of Washington, and he's discovered this new strain of fungus and he's investigating that and then you have this woman who's a detective with the Seattle PD and she is investigating a series of ritualistic murders and these two things end up coming together, converging, and and, and they come together not just because of this work-driven mission but also because they've lost their daughter and they're searching for her.
0: Wow. Boy, a lot going on there. It sounds like a good movie. That definitely sounds thrilling. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next thing. A big venture. You've got uh, December, January. You- you'd mentioned... All these things are kind of coming together, but you've been working on them for quite some time. Right, yeah. uh, one of the things you've been working on is uh, comics and g- graphic novels. I don't know what would yeah, best yeah, describe yeah. what uh, the work that you've done, but you've you, you've uh, taken part in a number of very successful uh, ongoing series. Yeah, of yeah, comics. I've been
1: writing comics for DC or for Marvel since uh, 2014, and that's when I made my debut with a two-issue Batman story for Detective Comics. And and since then, I've gone on to write Green Arrow and Teen Titans and Nightwing. And now I'm over at Marvel where I write Wolverine, X-Force, and Ghost Rider. And uh, two big things happening in the near future. This January, an event called The Ten Lives of Wolverine and the X-Deaths of Wolverine launches. And this is a 10-issue weekly event that Sort of takes over Marvel, takes over the the comic shops, uh, and is probably the biggest thing I've ever done in comics. Wow! Oh, so that that's that's coming out soon. The other thing that comes out soon is the launch of Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider number one comes out in February, so it's really fun to be part of that horror franchise.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about that uh, uh, about the Wolverine, the uh, big event. Have you? I, I'm presuming you, you do. You write these. Simultaneously, as you're writing movie scripts, as you're writing uh, novels and such, are they all going on at the same time? Or?
1: It's sometimes hard to compartmentalize, but that's exactly what I need to do. Uh, I will say to myself, "Okay, from eight a.m. until noon today, I'm going to be working on my novel." Uh, novels usually require the really heavy lifting with all the you know dense prose and and and. And so I try to work on those in the morning, and then I'll take the dog for a walk, and I'll have lunch, and then I'll come back, and, and I'll be working on comics. Or, it, depending on the deadlines, I might be working on nothing but comics all week, and maybe the next week, nothing but novel, or, or nothing but a feature screenplay, or a TV pilot. Um, and, and, you know, it just requires a lot of uh, deadline management and time management,
0: Boy, that, uh, this yeah, compartmentalizing, that, uh, I think that would, sounds like it would be very important. How many hours a day do you write? Typically, I put in a standard sort of day, eight to ten hours, but mm-hmm.
1: if you, you know, if I have, uh, um, uh, something really pressing that needs to be done. It might be that I'm opening up the laptop again at 8 p.m. and working until 11, and putting in you know a 14 hour or so day.
0: Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, it was announced that you've got the uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, you'll be writing the Ghost Rider series, and that is a uh, franchise that it goes back to you uh, know I m- my youth back in I think the early 70s wasn't it? Was that when the something Ghost Rider like came that. out? I mean,
1: some of these comic characters have been around for yeah. Uh, Eighty years, if you think of Green Arrow and Batman, mm-hmm. uh, Wolverine is almost fifty years old. Ghost Rider is this is his fiftieth anniversary actually this year. Wow! So, and,
0: and the Ghost Rider has gone from nineteen seventies to like the. 23rd century or something. I mean, aren't aren't the, uh, the, the the more current ones, haven't they uh, been uh, involved with a uh, more futuristic standpoint?
1: There are a number of different iterations, including mm-hmm. a cosmic ghostwriter who's blazing through space. Uh, the story that I'm writing is more of a back-to-basics approach, because the mythology has grown very complicated. And I wanted to focus on this 50th anniversary on the origin of mm-hmm. Johnny Blaze, All right. uh, the original ghostwriter. So the story begins with... Him and begins with a situation that, that feels uh, a little unsettling in a Twin Peaks sort of way. And that Johnny Blaze is having memory problems and he has a scar on his head and he's living a seemingly perfect life in a town that feels maybe a little like bucolic. Northfield. Mm. Uh, But something's wrong. Something dark is happening around the edges of this life. And everybody tells him that he got into a motorcycle accident. And that's why he feels the way he does. And that's why he can't remember what's going on. But in fact, this perfect existence might turn out to be a kind of trap or prison.
0: Hmm. So you have already written the whole series or gotten a start on it? or Oh,
1: you know, in comics, it's rare that you know when you're going to end, when you begin. I mean, I'm <laughs> on issue 30 right now of X-Force, and I hope to get, you know, past 50 or even to 75 or 100. Uh, with, with Ghost Rider, this is an ongoing series. I don't know how long I'll be on it. Mm-hmm. It might be 12 issues. It, it might be 50.
0: Now, when you look at your writing career, is there something... Uh, Something big out there that you would like to do that you haven't done yet?
1: Yeah, I'm really focused on film and TV right now. So I'm involved with two TV projects uh, for Paramount and for Sony. And I'm writing pilots for um, different Different projects that I'm because of an NDA unable to talk about openly, but these are you know I'm I'm really crossing my fingers that some of these come to fruition because yeah TV right now is experiencing a golden era where it feels very novelistic in its form.
0: It uh, there are so many outlets right now, something for everyone yeah. out there right now. So, it, would it be safe to assume that uh, it's? whatever you come up with, will be, uh, not too big of a, par- a departure from what you have done in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both of these projects, one is actually an adaptation of one of my books. Okay. Uh, and the other is, uh, yeah, it's right up my alley and it's got, you know, lots of crime and suspense and right. an and intrigue to it. All
0: right. Will you be filming around here? Uh, <laughs>
1: we'll see. You never know. I mean, Minnesota doesn't have the best tax, uh, advantages for Hollywood, but occasionally something will shoot here, but in most, in all likelihood, like (laughs) Vancouver (laughs) will be a stand in for Minnesota. (laughs) All right.
0: Ben, is there anything else coming up that you'd like to mention?
1: No, I mean, just, just, I'm really excited to launch the novel at content books on January 4th, Tuesday, January 4th, uh, (laughs) at 7 PM. And if you want to show up at the shop and hang out and talk, I'll be giving a presentation on it. Again, that's at 7 uh, on Tuesday, um, or you can tune into the Facebook live page of content mm-hmm. books and check it out.
0: All right. Well, it's great that you're doing this local, uh, at least starting off local anyway. Are you, is a book tour involved in this?
1: Well, you know, in the old days allow? I would be in New York. I'd be in, in LA. I'd be in Chicago. I'd be all over the place. Uh, but because of COVID they've basically shut down all, mm. all the book tours so um, I'm focusing more on podcast interviews and, and, and print interviews and stuff mm-hmm. like that to get the word out um, and I'm just doing a few events and content is actually something that's because it's virtual and because it's live it's going to be one of the only things that I do
0: Alright we well, look forward to seeing that well, this, well, coming up this Tuesday is already uh, January Tuesday. the 4th yeah. 7 o'clock at Content Bookstore just down the street Ben thank you so much for being with us we appreciate it we wish you continued success best of luck with the uh, movie and all the projects you have going and uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for you hey thanks so much for having me on and getting the word out all right that's uh, ben percy once again uh, author of uh, a, a new uh, screenplay that's being made into the movie the summer excuse me summering and that's coming up at the sundance film festival Jeff, getting out of here. I hope you all have a, a very good day. Stay tuned. Uh, John is coming up next. National security this week with John Olson. They'll be talking about should America have a grand strategy, or should we intentionally not have a grand strategy? Is involving national security. That's coming up next when we return after this. As we close out another year, the local mortgage and banking professionals at Frans and Bank and Trust would like to wish you and all of your loved ones a safe and happy new year. Frans and Bank and Trust has real people who can get real results when it comes to your financial success. They offer personalized service and look forward to building a relationship with you in 2022. Happy holidays and cheers to a new year from all of the mortgage and banking professionals at your local Frans and Bank and Trust. Do you have an old junker car in the garage or on the farm? Call Huber's Auto Parts in Faribault, 507 332